Oh no, spaghetti sauce is endangered. A group hired a male as a period officer, and the rise in popularity of butt sex is leading to health problems for ladies. These are the weird stories for Tuesday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian inside a hot closet in Los Angeles. And there's more. I'll tell you all about it. Spaghetti sauce is endangered. This is very serious, guys. Spaghetti sauce is endangered. As an Italian boy, I'm very alarmed by the threat to the spaghetti sauce supply. Why is the spaghetti sauce supply endangered? Let's learn a little bit about tomatoes. These tomatoes are getting squeezed, guys. Squeezed? Get it? All right. That was pretty bad. I won't do it again, I promise. California leads the world in the production of processing tomatoes. Do you know what processing tomatoes are? I'm learning as well. Processing tomatoes are the variety of tomatoes that gets canned. These are used in commercial kitchens to make some of the most popular foods and, of course, spaghetti sauce. Now, what is the problem? Well, there is a drought, as you know, the worst drought in 1,200 years. And it's forcing farmers to grapple with a water crisis that's undermining this crop threatening to further push up prices from salsa to spaghetti sauce. We have a guy in the story named Mike. He's head of the California Tomato Growers Association. Sounds like a lovely position. Sounds like a lovely association. The Tomato Growers Association. Do you think they hang out with the Basil Growers Association and the Mozzarella Growers Association? And they call themselves the Caprici Crew? (laughs) Do you think they do that? (laughs) All right, that was a stretch. Here's a quote from Mike. We desperately need rain. We're getting to a point where we don't have inventory left to keep fulfilling the market demand. Mike is very concerned, as he should be. The lack of water is shrinking production in a region responsible for a quarter of the world's output. This is having an impact on prices of tomato-based products everywhere. Gains in tomato sauce and ketchup are outpacing the rise in U.S. food inflation, which is at its highest in 43 years, with drought and higher agricultural inputs to blame as well. With California climate change forecasts calling for hotter and drier conditions going forward, the outlook for farmers and the spaghetti sauce and the salsa is uncertain. And in case you're wondering, is it difficult to grow a tomato crop right now in Cali? Well, Mike wants you to know, yes, It's real tough to grow a tomato crop right now. On one side, you have the drought impacting costs because you don't have enough water to grow all your acres. And then you have the farm inflation side of it with fuel and fertilizer costs also shooting up, shooting right up there. You're probably wondering how much does it cost to grow an acre of tomatoes right now? Well, it costs the Fresno County-based grower and processor Wolf Farming $4,800 an acre to grow and harvest a tomato crop these days. That's compared with 10 years ago, $2,800 per acre. Most of the increases have been in the last two years, in fact. The season's bounty costs more and delivers less. Yields are way off this year. Coupled with drought, we've had high temperatures, and that in itself creates an issue where the tomatoes are so dang hot that they just don't size properly. So you have a lot of tomatoes on a plant, but they're just much smaller. Can't do shit with that. And the situation is only going to get more and more critical. 
Since tomato-based products are hard to substitute, demand isn't especially sensitive to price changes. Still, it's an added cost for consumers. The price of tomato sauce in the four weeks ending July 10th is up 17% from a year ago, while ketchup is up 25%, 25% higher. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to hoard some ketchup packets right now from Burger King. I'll be right back. I suggest you also stock up on the ketchup, which is going to become like liquid gold pretty soon. It'll probably cost more than pesto, and that's expensive. I can't imagine a world without ketchup, to be honest with you. What are we going to put on our fries, guys? Well, honey mustard is a nice substitute. I also dig ranch, and you're going to call me crazy with this one. Blue cheese dressing. Very good with the fries. Do you have a, a condiment that you would like to replace ketchup with or that you would accept as a suitable substitute for ketchup with your fries, please call my show. 646-450-2012. Educate us all because we're about to go without ketchup for a few decades, I'm afraid. (laughs) They hired a period officer, but it's a man. There's outrage. The hiring of Jason Grant to the first role of its kind in Scotland has sparked a very heated debate. Jason is going to work with the area's period dignity working group in order to implement the legal right to free period products in public settings are you aware of this law scotland is the first country in the world to protect the right to free sanitary products with new legislation called the period products act this uh, means that councils and educational providers have to make these free items available to anyone who needs them in Scotland. Anybody who wants free sanitary products can have them. I think this is lovely. Why shouldn't communities just give us those things that are necessary in life? What about a free toothpaste act as well? I could take advantage of that. We all need toothpaste. It's a necessity. Perhaps free Q-tips as well. Very important We all need to clean those ears. You know what happens when that stuff builds up in there. You can't hear the oncoming bus and then you die. You want us to die? We need free Q-tips, government. Free condoms, too, would be swell. I'd like that, please. Back to the story. What has sparked this heated debate? They hired a man for the period officer. Critics are saying the job should have gone to a woman. And perhaps they are right. Uh, Not to say a man couldn't do this job. You don't need to have had a period to know how to distribute products around it. It's like I know some bartenders that don't drink as well. But perhaps it should have gone to a woman. Let's keep reading. There's a tennis legend, Martina Navratilova. Do you know her? Uh, When she found out about this, she said this was absurd. And British actress Frances Barber says she was fuming. Well, she was fuming, this actress. She's very upset about it. She was fuming, guys. I mean, it probably upset her lunch that day as well. Then we have a Susan Dalgetty, a newspaper columnist and women's rights campaigner. She tweeted, I have no idea why anyone thought it was a good idea to appoint a bloke as the country's first period dignity officer. Terrible job title, by the way, as well. Wow, this woman is upset about the whole thing. It says here, Mr. Grant is expected to lead a regional campaign across schools, colleges, and wider communities to raise awareness of the new law and ensure that Scottish government funding is allocated appropriately. The job advertisement said the suitable candidate needed a successful track record of engaging and empowering a large range of people from a diverse range of cultural and socioeconomic backgrounds, in particular, young people who menstruate. Which... 
you know, you don't have to menstruate to do that job, but maybe have a woman. I can see their point, but I can also see you hiring someone who will do this task more effectively than anybody else. I maybe mean, maybe this guy already has a track record of engaging and empowering a large group of people and pushing things forward, you know, and also securing government funding. Maybe he's tapped into the politics of stuff. You know, usually you need somebody who's already familiar with that word, knows how to get funding, has relationships with politicians, government officials, lawmakers, etc. Maybe this guy has all of that, like, coming out his ears. I don't know. It's hard to make a judgment. But on the face of it, probably should hire a woman if you're going to be the face of menstruation. Well, what do you guys think about this? Hiring a male to be your country's leading period officer? Email me. Let me know how you feel. Funnyjones at gmail.com. The rise in popularity of anal sex is causing health problems among women. Women in the UK are suffering injuries and other health problems as a result of the growing popularity of anal sex among straight couples. Did you know anal sex was so popular now? I had no clue. Now, in case you don't know, the consequences of this sort of intercourse include incontinence. That means you're, you're backed up, you're retrograded. Uh, also, sexually transmitted infections, as well as pain and bleeding in that area. Because, well, it says here, you have experienced bodily trauma while engaging in the practice. Not everybody experiences bodily trauma when they engage in this practice. In my experience, some people really enjoy it. Uh, and it's totally fine. There's a way to do it <laughs> where you'll experience bodily trauma and a way that you'll do it where you really don't experience that much, that much bodily trauma from my observation. I'm not an expert, though. Not like these ladies, Tabitha and Leslie. They wrote this paper in the British Medical Journal. They're arguing that doctors' reluctance to discuss the risks associated with anal sex is leading to women being harmed by the practice and letting down an entire generation of women who are not aware of the potential problems. In their medical journal, they claim that anal intercourse is considered a very risky sexual behavior because of its association with alcohol, drug use, and multiple sex partners. <laughs> Whoa! Okay, girls. They also say within popular culture, it has moved from the world of pornography to mainstream media. TV shows, including Sex and the City and Fleabag, may have contributed to the trend by making it seem racy and daring. Are these ladies living under a rock? Like, what is going, what is going on here? They have PhDs. Are you sure? <laughs> you think Sex and the City made, made anal sex seem daring and racy and trendy? I doubt it. I think it was already daring and racy. And people already talk about I mean, it's just a thing that comes up. It's not sex in the city that's bringing it into the forefront of the pop culture. This, it was already there. I mean, you could have gone to any comedy show in the past 30 years and hear a comedian talk about anal intercourse. I mean, it comes up. It's seen a big secret. It says here, uh, according to the study, women who engage in anal sex are at greater risk from it than men, apparently. Increased rates of incontinence, anal sphincter injuries. Oh, no, anal sphincter injuries. I don't like the sound of that at all. Uh, this has been reported in women who have this sort of sex. The report claims women are at higher risk of incontinence than men because of their different anatomy and the effects of hormones, pregnancy, and childbirth on the pelvic floor. Women have less robust anal sphincters. 
less robust anal sphincters and lower anal can- anal canal pressures than men. And wow, this is tough to get through. Okay, this is why I don't have a PhD. Damage caused by this sort of intercourse is therefore more consequential in women. Basically, is what they're saying. But apparently, this but <laughs> but apparently, this sort of intercourse is becoming popular. There is a national survey of sexual attitudes. This was undertaken in Britain, and it found that the proportion of young people engaging in heterosexual anal intercourse has risen from 12% to nearly 30% over the last couple decades. Similarly, in the U.S., it went from 30% to 45%. Wow, that's a lot. 45%. Yeah, maybe in my country it's just more common. (laughs) It's talked about. It's experimented with. To me, it doesn't seem like it's considered an extreme behavior anymore. You know, it's sort of like portrayed as a prized and pleasurable experience. Like something something to shoot for in a relationship for some people. (laughs) Trying to get there. Just trying to get there, guys. Just trying to consummate it. (laughs) Well, it does say here that according to them, though, it's more dangerous for women. So they're saying that doctors should speak openly about it. With such a high proportion of young women now having this sort of sex failure to discuss it when they pre- when they're present with symptoms uh, can expose women to missed diagnoses, futile treatments, and further harm arising from a lack of medical advice. So they want the patients to know the risks of this sort of intercourse. Health professionals' disinclination to discuss this practice of sex. Openly with patients may be failing an entire generation of young women, they're saying, who may be unaware of the risks. So, yeah, I think you guys should all be aware of this. Learn about this. It's a part of life, just like drunk driving is a part of life, you know. And you just got to get through it, guys. Live through it. Just get to the other side, you know what I mean? <laughs> that was a very odd analogy. And just disclaimer, Jonesy doesn't condone or approve drunk driving deplorable behavior i do approve of getting kinky in the bedroom though yes i do if you want my weird news and you like my weird news come on honey take a listen how are you You made it to the outro. Good for you. I appreciate your dedication. Couple quick announcements. Not really. (laughs) No announcements. Bye.